Lactose Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are bringing you a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion part one and two episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was, I didn't know what to say title. because I don't, yeah, I don't have a title to give you. It's just, it's quite straightforward. It's just it? reunion. Yeah. It's just reunion. So, I mean, we will just go with the flow, um, kind of chronologically as we can. Yeah. Reunions are a little hard to, well, they're, they're hard to take notes for because yeah. You get a lot of like rapid fire questions from Andy and you think it's going to be something that leads to something. And then it's just a one or a quick word answer. And then we move on to a different topic. And and they do the thing where they kind of um, focus on one person yeah. and we'll do like the highlight reel of their season. But right. then obviously with that, other people get dragged into it yeah. and it just... It's a lots cluster. Of words, lots of words all sitting in the same spot. Yes. So, so bear with us. This is our first reunion recap. Um, but let's get into it. So, I mean, it must be addressed that it, it the set is a simulation of Kathy's backyard. And I absolutely love that fact. Yeah. What is it. this? What is this style? Do you know much mm -hmm. about, like, what would we call this? It's, it's like, it's just, all I can say, it's like old money. Yes. The style that, okay. is old money. Thank you. That's American a great way. Money. That is a great way of putting it. I It's uh, ornate, but it's not Trumpian. It's not like heinous gold toilet, but it's ornate enough that it's like, beyond and it's not just like trendy in any way it's very it's just old money yeah you know yeah for sure statues <laughs> marble you have statues in your garden like it's just a certain kind of person i think for sure so yeah in the first um portion we address erica I feel like in, in reunion part one, Erica gets addressed more at the top. He's like, how'd you sleep last night? She needs us to know very well. And he's like, really? <laughs> Everyone's like, how? She's got a weird vibe to me this whole this whole episode. Yeah. There's some moments that I'm just like, it's just bizarre, like bizarre moments. She breaks, she breaks character, her like staunch, serious reporter, uh, not report, you know what I mean? Like she breaks that light and then she's just gets like really loopy and laughy. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, what's there going on here? There was a little bit of a loopiness here that one can't help but say, are there pills somewhere? One can't help one but can't say. One can't help but wonder. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say, I mean, Pretty soon, she addresses the alleged victims. She does believe the alleged victims should be made whole. So it's like in response to like, what do you say to people who said you were cold, who said like, where was your care for the actual victims of this situation? And it's kind of, it's like, she does the two-sided thing, right? It like and and I understand that you have to say alleged because well, of the legal stuff. You have to say alleged, but 
they don't have the money, right? Like they're bottom line. Like yeah. they're he is alleged to have committed this crime, right? But it, I don't. It's not but, alleged that they did not receive money. Exactly. Yeah, like, you're right. I, and so it's. I hate using the term "alleged victims." Yeah. I understand why we say it, but it's just not the fair. It, it's like it hasn't been litigated, but they don't have the money that they're supposed to have. Right. Whose fault is that? We don't that's know. That's what's alleged. But that's what's alleged. Yeah. But the fact that they are actual victims is yeah. not. Alleged. Yeah. Yeah. So she makes a point to be like, they don't know what I know and haven't lived through what I've lived through. And she talks about how she felt disappointment and anger and sadness watching the girls talk about her this season in retrospect. Um, I just the thing that stood out to me with her in this episode was that Erica was indeed advised by her lawyers to leave the show and she refused. Um, yeah, I was wondering what what you made of that. Do you think do you think Erica Jane as an individual, obviously for entertainment's sake, that's one thing for us. Mm-hmm. But do you think of her as an individual? Do you think she would be better in a better off legal standing now? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's why this season has been so confounding because it's like. Just over and over again, we've asked ourselves, how could she possibly think that this is helping her? Like, how can she not realize, like, how bad this looks? Well, there's there's a difference between, I mean, her whole reasoning behind this is, I have nothing to hide. And I'm not going to back down. And I'm not going to back down. Well, there's a difference between having nothing to hide and putting yourself out there in a way that damages your reputation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Especially I, those... in the midst of like very serious legal allegations. But I mean, at the same time, she's probably never needed the money more. Yeah. So that was probably also a part of it. Um, We did a Sutton montage and I absolutely died. Well, I guess, did you have anything else to say no, on I the mean, Erica front on the top? The Erica stuff is going to be, it's interesting the way that they are deciding to roll this out. It's Well, it has to be interwoven through every episode. Because right? you could probably, if it wasn't, it would be too overwhelming for her and all of us. She probably has an episode and a half yeah. of material. Yeah. So they're touching on, like, I think it wasn't, I don't even know if they've gotten really to the car crash yet. No. You know, so but that's like, in, like, episode like three, and they gave us a little bit. part two, we get more into some more heavy-hitting questions for Erica. Yes. Yeah. Um, off the top, no, it seemed like she was very prepared. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I don't have anything there. But the Sutton montage... <laughs> It did bring back like memories of like how those first five episodes of the season we were dying because of Sutton. And I mean, it was, was bad. It was bad. She was a mess. Like the face roller days. I mean, it's all well and good to laugh at now. But I remember at the time thinking like this woman is nutty and she's her own version of a perpetual victim. Remember, she was crying at everything. I mean, from episode one to from the first episode in the in the um, Tahoe trip. Yeah. All the way up until Ugly Leather Pants 
past ugly leather pants. No, I know, but I mean, I think after that we started. I think after that, then the focus came more into like Erica and stuff. But she well, never, was never forget the crystal violation. Yes, and there was the weird like that was the pretty race ugly. Stuff yeah. Okay. She really like she got lucky. There was like actually. five. I mean, there was five episodes been... of Sutton where we were like. Absolutely we are not. done with this woman. Yeah, yeah. it's um, so funny. The, the throw me a bone. Can someone throw me a bone? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Hilarious. I forgot about the doggone doo-doo nail. <laughs> when she put her doggone on doo-doo nail, my darn face. <laughs> doo-doo just kills me. But then I, the things that stood out to me are... That she said, my business is growing excrementally. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got a close up on Erica's face squinting at the doo-doo statement that Sutton didn't mean to say. (laughs) Poop just finds its way. Think about it, okay? My business is growing excrementally. Mm -hmm. I get your doo-doo finger. Yeah. (laughs) And then she has a drink that's called a Suddy Buddy Butthole. Oh, my God. You're right. What is it with Sutton? Sutton's into butt stuff. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, But the only reason that that even came up is because I totally forgot that in Watch What Happens Live, Rena had come for Sutton's business. And that was totally nonsensical. That didn't make any sense. I really did enjoy seeing... Because you kind of forget week to week with Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. It's it's after the show. You know, we're kind of, we watch it kind of to see if there's anything to really add on to it mm-hmm. that's affecting the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually there isn't. And usually there isn't because the timing of things don't match up. Mm-hmm. The timing of Watch What Happens Live matches up with when the show's airing. And right. so it's just really, it's fun to see how aggrieved, I don't think that's the right word, how grieved these um, people are by what, by what the other, their f- friends, fellow housewives oh, say right. on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm like, oh, I con- totally forgot about that. But honestly, it's, but obviously it's on the top of your brain. Right. You know, um, everyone. they're like, whatever shit you talked on me and Watch What Happens Live is just as bad as whatever shit I found out you said about me watching the show back. Exactly. Yeah. So that was weird. The Rinna shade of her store isn't even a business. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like. You literally ha- used to have your own clothing store that closed down. So Are we saying your lip line isn't a business? Right. To I my knowledge, understand. you don't have a brick and mortar Just store. It's not on QVC. Like, yeah. Um, but the fireplace situation with the house, that is hilarious to me. That had never been addressed until they were on those couches across from each other. And Kyle had never said anything to Sutton before. And Sutton's playing dumb. And then they slap a photo up there and it's like she clearly lit the fireplace and did not open the flue and is like, I don't know. It's not my fault. It's just the fireplace. I don't think. Sutton probably had never done that herself. It is not an overstatement to say that this house was very close to burning down. When you see the picture, that is not good. Like that is one really bad spark. And that thing is going up in flames. Yeah. Like, 
you know, a lot of times, oh, almost burned the house down. You're thinking, oh, did you leave something in the oven too long or whatever? This is actually Actual. almost burning the house down here. <laughs> that was funny. And then sad, her boyfriend broke up with her on Valentine's Day. Yeah, oh. pretty much. She was like, he was like, you're too much. Yeah, that <laughs> on was Valentine's so weird. I kept waiting for her to elaborate on what he's. And she's like, he basically just said, I can't. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and then we get our Garcelle stuff. That's the bulk of yeah. episode one. Oh, a lot yeah. to unpack here. A lot to unpack. So first we have like the montage of kind of all of her big dramas throughout the season. And it starts with the contention between her and Doreen. Oh, I'm sorry, but Dory is just like, she will bug no matter what she does. So she clearly has like come up with her. I mean, of course they all do, I'm sure a bit, like come in ready with the things that they really want to hit. But but like, it was. it's such a tell with people like Dory because they repeat the same like phrases or keywords over and over again. And you're like, Penny, like, you're telling us all that you wrote this script in your iPhone notes. Like, kill me now if I have to hear her say one more time that Garcelle can be very passively provocative. What is that? No idea what the fuck passively that means. Passively provocative. No, no idea. I, is that, I'm literally just thinking of this right now. Is this her way of avoiding saying aggressive? Because she's like all in her head now since she got called out for saying so much stupid shit this season. Maybe she was worried about even saying the word aggressive in relation to Garcelle. But it's like, Dory, passive aggressive is its own statement. And it's, you don't need to invent. A it new doesn't word. go with the angry black woman stuff. Well, like, she said, different. I mean, she said bully. Right. She has said, made some questionable comments about race and her, yeah. you know, and so, yes, I that think you're so absolutely. Like she went in the thesaurus. Yes. And was like, what can I say? What can I say? Pat, let me put... You know, PK helped her pick that oh, one. Oh, for sure. That one and incessant. Incessant. She, I like, wrote, did you Dorit that came. Up in the definition? Dorit came with. A couple buzzwords. Right. And it was glaringly, painfully obvious that she was going to work in passively provocative and incessant at every turn. And they do not need to be repeated multiple times. Yeah. I know. Gosh. I know. And she kept going like she was teaching us. An element of the word bully is incessance. And so, yes, I chose the wrong word. I absolutely chose the wrong word. But what I was thinking about was the part of the word bully that implies incessant. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. We all know you went to dictionary.com after this episode aired and everybody started freaking out at you and you were looking for a way to justify your use of this word. And you looked it up with PK and you were like, well, look, see the part in the definition that says incessant? That part, I mean... That's probably what I meant in the moment. You know, you can just see it all. So, I mean, she still defends that overall moment at the at the luncheon. She just she just says I shouldn't have said the word bully, but like I, st-, 
You know, I, I still wasn't impressed. I mean, I guess it was taking responsibility for Dorit. And like, that's better than nothing because she pretty much sucks at doing that as a whole. Um, but I was not impressed with, you know, she she's very much a person that's like, I'm very sorry if I made you feel that but person, you know? So I felt like she said she shouldn't have called her a bully, but then in the next second, she'd be defending why she called her a bully. Yeah, I, I you know... I was a little conflicted with part of Garcelle's segment because, as you know, this is a overwhelmingly pro-Garcelle podcast. Yeah. We're unabashed about that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think, if I do have one criticism about Garcelle at the start of this, Mm -hmm. is I kind of think she came in really hot and... I think it would have been a more beneficial to sit back and wait a little bit to hear what some of these women had to say. Hmm. Cause I think they were eventually getting to their apologies, but it made for a very awkward beginning because Garcelle kept interrupting and being like, and I wasn't happy with this and I need an apology for that. And I think she's oh, right. I but I think that, it kind of delayed how quickly we could have gone through this because it's like, I think she's justified in what she's saying, but I also think that you need to give someone a chance to be able to explain what they were coming from. And this has happened so long ago that you need to give people a chance to give context to what they're feeling at the time. And if in that moment they don't deliver with their apologies, then I think you can jump back. I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But I still think Dorit came in hot as well. And I think after watching the way this season went down and Dorit specifically treated her at all of these events, I see why she would come in very much on the defense, very much expecting to have to fight to get a word in edgewise with a Dorit, which the entire cast has agreed. She is long-winded and it is hard to find a space to speak. So I, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I also get why Garcelle maybe came in that way and felt like I got to like interject or else I'm never going to get anything in, you know? Um, I thought it was hilarious when I was so glad first off that Andy read tweets from people that expressed how we felt, which were, hey, really? You're going to call Garcelle a bully when... Erica has really been the low-key bully in scenarios like these more repeatedly over a longer period of time. Oh, definitely. So I love that, that that got brought up. And I also, you don't say enough when we're together, but when she's direct, it's too much about throwing darts. Right. I feel like it's obviously compelling to watch the montage of things that Garcelle is willing to say directly. Because, yeah, I do I understand characterizing them as dark sometimes? I do. However, I think it's really funny that Dorit is obsessed with, first and foremost, the idea of directness and honesty and basically never letting any irritation you have with her fester for any longer than an hour without telling her. Because if you wait too long, then you're the bad guy. So it's like 
okay, you're obsessed with that, but that's what Garcelle does best, is be direct. Are they sometimes direct in the form of darts? Sure, but they're direct. And that's what you say you need. And then she does that. So that's why I was really happy that Garcelle got a chance to be like, what is it, Dory? Do I say too much or do I not say enough? Because it seems like you kind of can't make up your mind. Um, but then, but do I also see how some of her, the things that she says directly can be perceived as darts? Sure. But I love how Dorit's like, well, and then you say so much in your interviews that you won't sit in my face. And I just started laughing and was like, bitch, you all do that. We need that to is have, what the interviews are for. We need to have a conversation about these confessionals. Yeah. This was my biggest issue with this. This is the thing that got under my skin the most in the first part of the mm -hmm. reunion. Everyone talks shit on everyone else in their confessional. Absolutely. It is a trademark, a central trademark of the Real Housewives franchise. Right. It is what makes for the most compelling television other than the big blow up fights. Right. And the thing that bothered me about this episode is that everyone treats Garcelle's confessionals different than they do other people's. Yeah. And that pisses me off. And I, this little like gang of four mm -hmm. that Crystal's trying to get into mm -hmm. very clearly of Erica, Rena, Dory, and Kyle. Kyle. I was getting really upset how it felt like to me that there was an echo chamber yeah. in these first two episodes. And they were all backing each other up at the expense of Sutton and Garcelle. Yeah. And they are all giving each other passes on what each other are saying on in their confessionals. In their exactly. But not other and then I'm like, that this is this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Well, and it makes no I mean, I'm just I'm gonna hold out hope. But like, when is someone gonna come for Kyle? Because Kyle is probably the one who has the biggest contrast between what she says in confessionals and how she presents day to day with the other housewives. Again, love it, great entertainment. In my opinion, what the idea of confessionals are for. Does it mean that you can't get hurt sometimes by things people say in their confessionals? Of course you can. Of course you can have a reaction and a feeling about it. But to act like that's somehow representative of, like, like Garcelle is like an outlier in being especially cruel in those confessionals, it's just absolutely not true. And if we're gonna talk about like, how consistent are you in your character on any given day, and honest are you like with each person, I'm like, okay, if we're gonna come for people for that, then come for Kyle, because Kyle's the one that has the most to say in those. Well, and then too, the one that really bothered me was Crystal puts Garcelle on the spot yeah. about that dinner that they had, that and they're all so, talking shit. She's trying oh, to be relevant. Oh, total clout she chasing have here. Drama. She's like, I was really hurt when you said you didn't know me, and you were the one right talking behind Garcelle's back, being like, I never knew who she was. Well, who and she? then they literally try to say, why didn't you? If that's really how you felt, why didn't you say that in the moment? And I'm sitting there like, she did in the most adult way possible. She was actually managed to still be kind and not be, not make a big thing and go, 
you all are out of line. No, but she she defended Sutton in at that four person dinner. She did. She said, no, I see Sutton this way. I really think that she is really trying and da ba da ba da ba da. That was her way of having Sutton's back in that moment. Yeah. And she it, she didn't feel like it was her job to shut them all down, but she's just reminding them like, hello, no, we're friends too. Yeah. I'm just like, you girls, like you're just at every turn trying to twist it to make her the bad guy when it's like all just a shroud covering up you guys owning any of your shit. You're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Before we get into the Garcelle and Rinna, because that's kind of like the next thing, I did want to say one more thing about Dorit. She doesn't know how to have these types of conversations. Like, she doesn't know how to have productive. She's over here calling, like, incessant, incessant, passive, aggressive. And then she screams. Do you remember that? She yes. just loses it. Yes. And you're like, this is someone Let who- Let me finish, Garcelle. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is going on that here? Like, oh my gosh. She really? looked like a baby having a tantrum. Exactly. <laughs> I do think it's funny at the end when Garcelle's like, no, really, I have no problem with you. I have no problem with Dorit at all. None. And I just put, LOL, okay, Garcelle, we all clearly can see that you do not have, you don't like Dorit, but it's like her way of being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she doesn't have any interest in, like, being friends with Dory. She's like, yeah, I'm over you. We're fine. Because I'm not wasting any more energy caring about what you think of yeah, me. Yeah, this is not, like, it's essentially how she views Dorit status-wise. Yeah. She's just like, you're kind of irrelevant, so sure. So then we get into the Rena and Garcelle of it all. I forget sometimes how, like, vindictive... And see you next Tuesday. Rena can get at times. Mm. <laughs> she can get like ferocious. Yeah, she can. Yeah. So, I mean, what the the big things that stood out to me are, I mean, I thought Garcelle handled this well in that she was very willing to admit that there's some aspects of, like, she basically said, like, I don't know why I've been triggered so long by you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, I haven't been able to let go of this. This, like, they worked through this in real time. I think Because ultimately, it ended up centering on Garcelle doesn't trust Rinna. Exactly. And Which that's... I don't blame her. She's like, Rinna's like, I did all of these things as repair attempts. And then it's clear, especially in your confessionals, but in everyday life too, that they were, when they were shooting, that like you were not fully appreciating it. So Rena, of course, is coming from this place of like, well, then I'm just going to give up. What's the point? And Garcelle's like, okay, I admit that I, yes, you did these nice repair attempts and they were kind gestures in and of themselves. And I appreciated them in the moment. And yet I'd leave in retrospect and feel like, can I trust that? And honestly, I don't blame her because Rinna seems fake a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to say, even in their final resolution where Rinna runs across the set to sit on the couch and smash herself up against Garcelle, I mean, it just felt a little forced icky to me. That's her MO. 
it bugs. It's her, it's her MO. And it's, it's just, it feels like, okay, you're just surface level and you just are like, let's make up for camera. It is. We're fine. Because behind closed doors, she doesn't really give a fuck. Well, and also, too, you have that ending Whereas where Marcel it's like. really cares. We're three seconds earlier, and this is this is the whole point where I felt like the core four were in the echo chamber together. Because anytime, you know, Garcelle's like, Rena, you didn't have my back when Dorit was saying all this stuff. And Rena's like, well, it's because I agreed with what Dorit was saying. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like throughout this whole segment, Kyle and Crystal are like, yeah, yeah, like just at like throwing in like these just no providing no additional context, but just audibly agreeing Mm -hmm. with what was going on. And it Mm -hmm. really, really bothered me. Um, Well, and then the plot thickens because we find out that Garcelle heard through a mutual friend that Rinna was basically saying Garcelle shouldn't have brought race into this show. This isn't a show about that. Like complaining about that. And understandably so, Garcelle was very hurt by that. And it it makes how she doesn't trust Rinna make a lot more sense because if you heard that this person that you had all this history with that you were already sort of like ah, like wow I saw this side of them this last year aka Denise season that like really bothered me I didn't know she could be like this and then all of a sudden mid shooting season when you guys are trying to amends and you're already having a hard time and then you hear from someone you mutually know that Rinna is saying shit like that in the industry, do I get why Rinna is frustrated? Why didn't you call me and ask me if I said it? Sure. But do I also get why Garcelle, something like that, when you hear that about someone, it really, like, it's kind of scary because it makes you go, oh, oh, maybe I really don't know this person at all. As a Black woman, especially, I'm sure that would make you like really pull away. Like, oh God, then I can't trust her. Are you serious? Especially when like the only, I just feel like Garcelle has not shoved this conversation in anyone's face. I feel like she has been so reasonable and patient with how she's handled this topic the few times it has come up this season. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I understand where she's coming from of like, what? So if I had called you and said, did you say this about me? You, I could trust that you would really be honest and be like, yeah, I do think that. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. So it's sort of like a lose-lose. Yeah. She's not going to, oh, like, she's going to call up Rena and say, did you say this? And Rena's going to be like, you know what? I did. Like, give me a break. It's not. Yeah. Maybe like, if they had been in, a, um, if their friendship had been in the place it was supposedly at before Housewives, where it was like more authentic and close, yeah. then maybe. But at this point, so much has happened that like Garcelle's already feeling a bit cautious with you. And then you hear this. So if you hear this from someone, you know, when you're out here, you're like, oh, it's a rumor in the industry then. Like Rena's yeah. spreading that around. And that would just make you feel like really icky and like, oh, fuck her. I don't trust her at all then. Like, that's such an important part of who I am. And if you don't, if you can't deal with the ways it's come up the few times, like, you're not for me then. Yeah. You're certainly not my close friend. 
So yeah, what do you think about the way that that got handled? Um, I think it got handled like in the best way that it could have. I don't. Yeah, it's like, not like we're ever gonna have concrete confirmation. Exactly. She's gonna she's gonna deny it. Right. And she's gonna be upset about Garcelle bringing it up to the first place. Garcelle's gonna choose to believe what she wants to believe about it. It's not. There can't really be a resolution to that. Right. You know, at the end of the day, Garcelle needs to decide who she believes more. Yeah. Rena or this other person that we don't know who it is. Right. You know. Um, yeah. So that's when Garcelle says, like, I don't trust you to Rena. Then makes some comment about not showing up in general. Like, you ladies don't show up. And that's when we get a weird Erica moment where she goes, oh, I show up. I show up, honey. And it's like, no one's talking to right? you, Erica. That was so weird. What the hell is going on here? I was like, Erica is trying to be relevant with her random interjections at well, this point. And this is when the dis my disappointment with Rinna really starts to increase. Because Garcelle um, says, I can't remember what Garcelle says. Sorry, it's hard to like write all these things down yeah. in real time. And then Rena's like, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever oh, right. I want. She keeps saying stuff about her, and Garcelle's like, oh, stop it, Rena. Stop it. Please, just stop. And then she's like, I do And then we get into this whole aspect of you're not the same person that you were, mm. and mm. you're a different person. And this is, this is Rena's. This thing, the manipulation, the of manipulation this. that annoys me so much. She goes, you, you know, Harry Hamlin has been watching this season and he says, what happened to Garcelle? She looks so sad. What happened to the Garcelle we knew? Oh, and, and he I'm was like, just really sad. That's what she was reacting to. I think it was that. Because yeah. then Garcelle's like, oh, please, you know. It just sounds so disingenuous. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. It's yeah. your husband. Like, and, oh, you're going to shove that in her face, like, to make your point count more? Like, no, yeah. we're not buying it. Sorry. No. None of us care, first off. And, yeah, I just felt like that's fucked up. Like, if you guys really do have this deep history that's, like, 20 years long and, that like, if it ever did mean anything to you, the fact that you would throw that in her face at the reunion is just ridiculous. That's where me. that like undercutting mean vindictiveness. I can't stand that yeah, part about Rena. Yeah, she'll do it with like this really saccharine voice. That's yeah. Like, oh, and then and so that's why it just feels so gross. Like when she finally, she's just like, I just want to be done. When will you let it go? And I have to say, I really appreciated just again what I was saying at the top. Like, the authenticity of Garcelle, just, like, she does, she's not trying to pretend that she's perfect. So, like, Rena's like, well, when are you going to let it go, Garcelle? When can we let the Denise stuff go? And Garcelle's like, well, I just did. I just did right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and happy was, the Denise stuff's over. Yes. I was happy that was quick. It was And that she admitted like maybe I have been hanging on to it too long, but I promise I let it go now and like and she was willing to admit like I don't know why I've held on so long. And maybe I, I do. Yeah, maybe it is because we have this history. And in that the in that conversation that happened at the reunion, 
I believe we were on the side of Rinna in being like, Garcelle, this is not yeah, your business. Like, you know, like she's an adult. This is not like it's they're not both adults. It's not about it. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but she owned that. And I think that yeah. that was good. But okay, something that I thought was so hilarious. So when when they finally like agree, you know, Rena's yelling across, okay, let's be done. Let's just be done. Can we be done? I love you. It's just like, it's hard to not feel like it's a little fake. But then she runs over and it's hilarious. So she gets up and then you hear Dory under her breath go, she just wants to show her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and I died. I was like, honestly, probably true. Um... And she, like, smashes her face into Garcelle, so Garcelle has, like, no choice to be, like, yay, we're all good. So... And then... Hmm. Oh. And then... Uh Uh-huh. They both, like, apologize and say how they're going to try to move forward. Uh Uh-huh. And, of course... Oh, God. Dorit can't keep her little mouth shut. Right. And has to interject... Do you mean it? Do you, do you mean it? But do you, do you really do you mean, mean it? it? Garcelle didn't hear what she was saying. Thank she God. was thank God. And Erica turns and was like, "Just shut up." Yeah, <laughs> the girls around her were like, "Okay, be quiet." Yeah, Marie. no, the, it's don't push. Yeah, so I had to one. get that out. Yeah, before. she's so damn annoying. Um, like if she could have, if she would have loved for that to call the attention to everyone and then to re harp on the same issue. And yeah. Be like, you know, because you don't always mean it yeah. or you say and like make it some big ass issue. It's just like, no, no one cares for it. So we get like a little teaser, but let's just go into reunion part two, because that was how it ended was like starting back with Erica again. So we we get a lot more Erica juice mm-hmm. with this one. Um Andy brought had brought up at the end of the first part, and like we continue with that in the second part, how weird he thought it was when she told everybody that Tom hadn't read her book mm-hmm. and that Tom didn't come to see her in Chicago. And we get more into like the nitty-gritty of like, okay, what what are we really talking about with these affairs? Why did you really stay? And the money uh, aspect the of money, it all. So first things first, I do not believe her that she was faithful until she filed for a divorce. I just don't. Me neither. She paused too long. That was too difficult for her to answer. No. And look, I don't blame her considering it sounds like this man has been cheating on her for at least like the decade, the last decade is what it sounds like. Yeah. And not trying that hard to cover it. It just seems like their whole arrangement is weird. Yeah. I don't know this. This whole th- the replaying the beginning of the season mm-hmm. because all okay, the nice things she said about I, him at the top. I will say, watching this, I did feel like Erica was able to answer a lot of questions. I did too, and I felt like she gave herself some credibility. Yeah, and I've been the one really pushing her involvement in this and the shadiness of it all. That being said. I was reminded why I was so intense on everything that happened with her this season. And it's because you look back to the beginning of the year when she's telling the girls all of this stuff about how 
They're eating dinner together every single night. Right. And he's doing great. And all of this stuff. And then three days later, she sends a text to all of them saying filed from from divorce and then tries to explain how everything that she said at the beginning of the first few episodes of the season is not true now. Right. And it's like, how are we supposed to believe you on anything? Right. So, yes, you sound convincing in what you're in the answers that you're giving to Andy in this reunion, but there is a reason why you're shady. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so hard. Like this does fall into that territory that is tricky because there's absolutely something to be said for it's a it's a tale as old as time, younger women with less power marrying older men with more power and more money and that creating a really unhealthy dynamic where the woman is very much like at the whim of her partner and financially control, you know, financial abuse is its own version of abuse where you keep them controlled financially so that they can never have accessibility to anything. Yeah, I was wondering what your take on all of that was. Well, so this is where it's just hard for me because that's a real thing. And it happens all the time. And it doesn't discriminate with socioeconomic class. If anything, the richer the man, the more potential for him to control and own her because he can control and own other people that can help prop up the secrets. (sighs) So it's hard for me because it's like, If there's any truth to that part of the story, I do not want to needlessly attack her on that. You know what I mean? And it's also true that when you are being victimized by a situation like that, of course, part of the way the whole arrangement works is that it's your responsibility to cover, cover all of it for them. I mean, that's part of it. That's part of the control. Like, being worried about what he would do if you were to ever tell the truth. You know what I mean? And of course, this isn't our first time hearing about an abusive relationship dynamic with a housewife. Like this, I mean, it was really physical and almost more blatantly terrifying with, what was her name? Was that Taylor? The first three oh, seasons? Oh, yeah, Taylor, yeah. And then it ended up coming out that he was like, very physical, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Later, he, and he killed and, himself. Yeah, and he yeah. did. He he ended up killing himself. Um, but okay, so are we gonna call her a liar for those that first season where she faked it to all of us and made it tried to seem like she was in a good marriage? Is she a liar because she did that? I don't know. And this is I'm like weirdly back to struggling with this part of things. Um, I just can't be so black and white about it. And like her saying, like Andy made a great point to be like, I know how much you make. What do you mean? I can't leave. Like you have this amazing job. You have a public image. Like, are you telling me that you couldn't have left? And yet she says, well, I gave all my paychecks to him. I didn't know where it would go. It's just that was the expectation. I make money. I send it to the law firm. That's also like easy for me to believe. In which case she would have as little access to that money as any of the other money. But am am I being duped? Maybe. I don't know. There is a, I think a key factor here is the personality type. 
So you brought up Taylor, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting because there was definitely abuse going on in yeah. that relationship. The audience saw Taylor as a wounded little lamb. Yeah. That was how she was she, like always. We knew crying. it was very easy to read that Erica presents as a boss bitch. Like she It's like part of her whole it's, it's her it's the Erica Jane persona. Yeah. It's the, the coldness burlesque, fears. the coldness, the music videos, the F you. And so that aspect of it, I think has the potential to alter your one's view on people like that can still be getting emotionally, physically, yeah. financially yeah, exactly. abused, right? It makes her less easy to sympathize But exactly. Them. But it makes it harder to give her the benefit of the doubt when she presents as this strong, independent, middle finger in your face woman. Right. Well, And, and you that's know been the I hardest thing so to kind of... That's a good point, and I think that some of that's playing into this. But I also want to bring up, like, it's bigger than just I'm a strong, independent woman. It's straight up meanness and a and conveying a complete insensitivity, like a complete lack of care for what is known in the public, which is like we were saying earlier, there they're not alleged victims. There are indeed victims that have not received the compensation that they were supposed to get. The, those people exist concretely. Yeah. Regardless of how it was that that came to pass. So it's still, that's something I was thinking about. I mean, I do feel a little bit more sure that she definitely didn't have anything to do with any of this as it was happening in real time. I do wonder if there was times where she had inklings and wondered about the above boredness of his job, but I still do not think that a spouse is should be held responsible for that because I don't think that she was involved in the inner machinations of that. However, we are judging her based on how she has handled herself since she did theoretically know Mm -hmm. what her husband might've done. Um, And I mean, when she says things like, look, I'm finding myself one asking myself, like, do I even know who I was married to? Like, and those kinds of statements were honestly like reassuring for me to hear. Like it made her more human. Like, thank you. Admit rather than just, you know, a lot of moments this season where she's just been so obsessed with the legality of everything and like not wanting to even entertain publicly the possibility that Tom could be a piece of shit unless it was about the affairs, but nothing around what happened here with the victims. Um, I don't know. So like I definitely walked away from part two a little bit more um, sympathetic to her situation but still feeling like you absolutely handled this wrong. I agree. Totally. There is also some question in my mind because we do get into more of the cognitive decline in this episode. And you know, I think she's right though. We we all acknowledge now 
that he is literally, he is completely declined. Yes. He's in a conservatorship. He's in a memory care center. Yeah, no. He looks I, like shit. I get that. All and that I do- stuff is real. Yes. I'm not denying that. What I am confused by is at the top of the show, top of this episode, talking about how you're not having access to any funds, any money, anything mm-hmm. like that, painting yourself as poor little me post-divorce, mm-hmm. yet this man is getting into, like, getting into, like, it's like what we talked about with the, his sharpness and mm-hmm. her using that as an excuse, and he's getting into these car accidents where he's unconscious for 12 hours, he's in a home now, at no point were you able to, like, access your money while this was happening, at no point were you be able to like well, get your house in order while he's <laughs> like, oh, while he's having a while you're seeing the signs of this happening, knowing that you're starting that eventually like I just don't know. Well, obviously. she makes it seem like, oh no, I privately went to multiple people about what I was seeing as a decline, and no one wanted to hear me out either because they didn't believe me. And or they believed me, but they were too afraid of Tom and the status that he held to ever approach him regarding that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But I'm like, at what point does your status start diminishing because of your cognitive decline? (laughs) If that makes any sense. Right. Right. Well, and this is what a lot of old rich white men get away with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because at that point they're so respected. Yeah. That nobody wants to be the one to be like, uh, maybe your time's up, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any, like, I still, there's so much more like clearly next week we're going to get more into the like, okay, well, were you using the show? directly as a way of weaving a narrative for your legal shit if not why were you continuing it's like she defends tom in one breath and then throws him under the bus in the next breath and that could be a result of coming out of a confusing maybe semi-abusive relationship emotionally and financially which happens with a lot of women like but we really had love but he didn't let me have access to anything but we made really good memories and he was really smart and he gave me opportunities. But then he would tell me I was a piece of shit and like openly cheat on me. You know what I mean? So it's like, or was it what it looks like? It's just, I I think we're going to get more into the nitty gritty of some of the like way that she's switched how she's portrayed him and some of these big stories. Yeah. Ultimately she has the right, I mean, you know, they brought up the thing about like her being fired before this season. I don't think that there was any reason to fire her before this season or fire, oh, you know, do you think she should have. Been? Yeah. Like no. I have said that I don't think she should be on the show next year, even though it's good entertainment, but that's just because the more of her personality and more of her bulliness. If we want to talk about bullying, I think you can adequately right. describe that title right. to her totally. Um, and being involved with what's happened in this case, yeah. I just don't think. I think it goes without saying, though, that you know she has every right to work, especially with what happened, with what she's dealing with. But if she agreed 
and 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 did not follow her lawyer's advice to be on this show. She did not handle herself appropriately at all throughout this entire season no. in terms of trying to garner sympathy or anything like that. Yeah. Well, because she didn't show a lot of empathy herself yeah. for the actual real victims of the situation. Yeah. And like she had so many opportunities. So regardless of her level of involvement or lack thereof, right. she did not do herself any favors. No, she did not handle herself well. I mean, that to me was like the big juice of the episode was that section. Um, I thought it was funny like the Amelia Scott Disick stuff came up. I can't bring myself to care. I just don't care. I was wondering if the notes in my phone got deleted <laughs> because literally that's all I have for the rest of this episode. Um, don't care about Amelia or Scott Disick or that stuff at all. And I kept and, waiting for like that to become a story that was something that mattered. There's this too many powerful people involved in this and no one wants these people are all in this weird mega rich reality TV bubble. Yeah. And so no one wants to step on the Jenner Kardashian toes. Right. We got the Hilton side of this. Right. You know, Rinna's doing her own thing with her own business. Yeah. And everyone is just like, you can tell how tight lipped everyone was. Yeah. And the only person who really was allowed to speak on it mm -hmm. was Kyle because Kyle knows both parties. Yeah. Kyle has like, I don't know how many daughters. Yeah. You know, and so who are at and older than Amelia, and she's kind of Rena's best friend. So, Kyle, yeah, you would say that's Rena's best friend. Well, I mean, compared to who, they're always like doing stuff. No, I I see Rena as Erica's best friend. Oh, maybe you're right. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. So yeah, it's I like I just don't care. I just really could don't not care. care less. Um, and then like the last part was the Kathy Kyle relationship reckoning, you know, basically like we had to do this, like show clips of like all those old past years where Kyle was in different stuff with Kim and like a strict talking about being estranged from Kathy. Kathy really lost it. We've never seen Kathy be vulnerable like that. That was yeah. like sad. Like I was on the verge of tears just because I always get on the verge of tears when I watch people cry that much. Yeah. This About is, the mom death. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. I, you're not used to seeing Kathy be mm -hmm. vulnerable because mm -hmm. she's pretty much been the, the comedic relief. I love her dress, by the way. Is she a great dress. Um, she's pretty much been the comedic relief of this series. Yeah. Got to admit, though, maybe this makes me sound like a cold person. Hmm. Don't really care about this either. Like, don't really care about the Richards family dynamics. It's been very hard no, for me like, to, like, figure out where everyone is, um, who's talking to who, who's friends with who, who's trying to keep the family together. Well, you know what's funny? I care about the real Richards dynamics. But the Richards dynamics that we get now, as a result of all of the trauma they've all been through and how guarded Kathy Hilton clearly is above everyone else. I mean, let's think about it. The source of half of their drama over the last 12 years that we've just heard about from having Kyle as a cast member, most of it has been rooted in Kathy's obsession 
with keeping their reputation clean and not ever revealing the true dirty dysfunction behind their family's story, which is that their mom was a fucking mess and that they all grew up way too fast. I mean, I'm pretty sure like those girls were at Studio 54 with their mom when they were like in the 80s when they were like teenagers. Yeah. Like total like old Hollywood 70s Hollywood like no yeah it's fascinating so, fascinating from like a historical Hollywood perspective I care about the Richards family dynamic insofar as they will actually let us in but clearly Kathy is the one above all of the sisters the most obsessed with preserving mm-hmm. and I think that maybe being on the show is and and like her her daughter Paris has actually been her most honest and authentic in the public eye in the last year with um, coming out about some things that happened to her at boarding schools and stuff. And even that screams to me something that five years ago, Kathy Hilton would have been horrified if Paris would have come out with that. So it seems like she's maybe changing and growing too. But at this point, other than crying about the blanket fact that we didn't talk for years we're not really getting into what really happened in those years what was Kathy's real like Kathy's clearly can get very angry we've never seen any of that like there's just so much that we don't that's a that's a great way of summing up what I was feeling when I said I don't care that's actually what I mean yeah Um, and it's a bummer because you know this is like this kind of is a very like a very small but like low key kind of dynasty family with the way that their lives have unfolded and then who Kathy married and who their kids are. Like, I mean, it's totally fascinating and juicy if we would ever actually get some juice. Yeah, their family dynamic is like a MacGuffin, if you will. <laughs> like they all. Why don't you tell everybody what a fucking MacGuffin is? It's something that it's like usually not spoken about with unscripted TV, but. <laughs> Well, I think sure? it, I think it applies. Uh, MacGuffin is essentially a, uh, a device in which characters care more about something than the viewers care about. So, mm-hmm. like for example, the ring in Lord of the Rings is mm-hmm. like a MacGuffin. It's like it's the focus of like what they're after, but we don't it's really care the about the ring thing. that much. We yeah. care about what uh, everything else that's going on. Right. So, in that way they're having these like deep emotional responses to years and years of fractured relationship. Yeah, that we've only gotten to see that like we've only, of. And so it's like, they're having this huge emotional moment. And I, I'm not, I'm person. I'm not You're emotionally like, affected. I invested because you haven't let me into what led. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So it, that's kind of how I felt about their whole dynamic all year. My entire dream would be to have all three Richard sisters on at the same time. Because you know if Kim was on, real shit would go down and real stuff would come out and real fights would happen. Well, see, and that's the aspect of it too, I think that's weird, is that we have spent an extended amount of time with Kim. Yeah. And this, it it, it, it kind of, it seems like there's these two people are cool, one's not cool with the other two, but then there's other two people that aren't, cool with the other one Mm -hmm. yeah it's like the the siblings in succession trying to figure out what's (laughs) going on with these three you know and where they're and so 
you know. Really, I would watch. I would watch a show if it was just, just those sisters. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If they but were they, actually, they don't want to let us in. Yeah. So that's my thoughts just on let that. Let us in, Richard sisters. Let us in. Um. Yeah, that was a really long pontification, mostly on my part about that whole thing. No, but that but was that helped me clarify my feelings about the whole thing. Yeah, and maybe some viewers' feelings too. Yeah, hopefully that resonates with some of you out there. Were um, you okay with the amount of um, Kyle Richards Halloween promos that we got, or did you need more? <laughs> I felt myself wanting more. I'm and and if you can hear the sarcasm in my voice you're right. correct <laughs> we have enough dude how happy is that movie though that they got like double promo like that had to be part of why they asked her you know it yeah was part of the deal yeah um but overall i would say part two they definitely were more tame with us it was a little more mellow and i kind of foresee that next week is going to be really heavy hitting because of that and it sort of makes me happy. Like we were feeling some mixed feelings of regret and guilt in really following through with this bi-weekly reunion thing, I think, last week. But in sitting down and watching episode and episode after one after the other, I'm actually so happy we did it this way because I just feel like part two was not quite substantive enough to even warrant its own act. Yeah. You know? I agree. I agree. Are we going to get any husbands on this reunion? I haven't seen I any know. promos or pictures. I mean, who would come? Mauricio and PK. That's it. Crystal's husband. Okay. But no one gives a shit about what he has to I say. I know. I guess I'm more wanting Erica to confront PK. Oh, I would love that. And Mauricio about the dinner comments where everyone's making fun of <laughs> Tom and Erica. Right. Because um, that we are going to talk about that. Also, never, 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 ever, ever can we forget, and I say this because I did forget, that years ago, PK saw Erica's vagina at a cocktail party and then felt the need to tell everyone about it and make Erica seem like she was a hoe who potentially did it on purpose. Oh. Do you remember that? I do remember that now. And we hated PK that season. I think that was his first season. It just made him seem oh, that, like that the was when he was in, he, Yeah. And he was trying so hard. So, yeah. There's always one husband a season who, when they, they try to make, like, over-involve themselves. I know, but we have two... All of our husbands are too learned at this point with yeah. how it works. Like, I'm ready for a husband to come in and and kill me softly by thinking he's way too important and, like, cause some drama because it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, can't wait for next week. Um, I guess we'll kind of play how we roll those recaps out by ear. Like, we're going to see what does it really – what's it really made of, mm -hmm. you know? If it's, if it's a beast – then maybe we'll hit it individually. Um, but we'll just kind of have to see how that week goes. We will keep you updated on the social media. Um, but until then, we hope you have lovely weekends. And like and subscribe. Leave a review, please. We are dying to surpass our 23 reviews. We just want that 24. <laughs> It will, it, it's our next peak to break through. We got to do it. So <laughs> will you be the one? I think you should be. 
Okay. Good call to action. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye.